Hey friends, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. I'm Rob Kosberg, and every week I show you how to use a best-selling book to grow your income and your impact. And if you're interested in having your own best-selling book, I recorded a short video explaining our trademarked process at beginmybook.com. All right. Hey, welcome everybody. Rob Cosper here. I have another great guest for our Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. Yemi Penn is the author of Did You Get the Memo? Because I and Didn't. Very powerful title there. She's a documentary producer, speaker, engineer, and all-around fearless thought leader on creating your own memo which I like that. We're going to get into details on that. Uh, she's a serial entrepreneur with businesses in Sydney, London, and the U.S. Uh, Yemi instigates us all to use our trauma as a catalyst for transformation and growth. Yemi, thank you for being on today. Great to have you on the Published Pro Profit Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to, yeah, to share stories and thoughts. Love it. So what memo have I maybe not gotten? <laughs> or <laughs> maybe others wrong. haven't gotten about me? <laughs> oh, it's a very good question. Just imagine all of them. Like, I think there was this secret that, well, I felt there was a secret that everybody else had been told how to live life and how mm. to show up. And it just felt like, at some point, I was the only one because there was a lot of shame attached to it. Mm. Um, but it was only when I got brave and I relocated to the other side of the world that, you know, I just kind of whispered to someone, did you, like, genuinely, did you get the memo on how to get it right? And it just became a thing. There's a possibility we have all missed one memo at some point, or there isn't one at all. Still trying to find out, Rob. Interesting. So give me, are there like a top five or 10 memos that, Like, give give me some of your top memos or that, because I know you work with other people perhaps in helping them. Like, what what have you seen that others may have missed or uh, is it on relationships, life, career, money, fill in the blank? Spot on. Absolutely. All of those. And I say this not facetiously, but there is a little bit of humor to it, but, but genuinely, because this is where the inconsistencies lie. And this might be where part of the truth is. I think some of the memos we may have missed or that are out there is this memo on an education. Mm-hmm. There's a certain way you get an education. You know, typically I was told it was, you know, university was the minimum I needed to have in order to be successful. And that's definitely been questioned time and time again in recent recent decades, that's for sure. There's another one on marriage, on, you know, the memo around marriage that I got was that it needed to be between a man and a woman and there was no other love and you ideally met with someone at university and you literally stay married for the rest of your life. So I've already given so many layers there mm. that can definitely be different as we know in the world and, and have known for decades again. Mm. And then, yeah, another one, just another simple one is the memo about money. I, I think that's the biggest one that we don't know because the money stories we all have are so vast, yet it remains the most used resource in the world. And I, I think I will be looking for that memo or creating a new one probably till my last breath because um, now we've got cryptocurrency and other stuff. It's like, oh, so what does money really mean? So, yeah, a lot. I could go on, but I want to give you a chance to ask a question. Oh, I want to talk about money. I like talking about money. Yeah. <laughs> Let's I'm a do huge it. cryptocurrency advocate and uh, have been for, you know, over five years now. And so... Talk to me about what that means to you. Not not the cryptocurrency part, though. Feel free to dive mm. into that. But when you say, mm. I mean, you're you're obviously a successful person. You have multiple businesses on you know multiple in multiple countries, and so when you say you'll continue to 
check to see if you've gotten the menu memo until the end of end of your days. What does that mean? What do you mean by that? I think the big thing means is that the money story changes all the time. So in, in my book, which I'm sure we'll speak about, there's a chapter that I call the genetics of money. And I love a play on words because they only have the meanings in which you give them. But the genetics of money starts off by what do we inherit first and foremost with our money story? Mm. What did I hear my parents talk about? Did I hear my parents say, no, we can't buy that because we can't afford it? Mm. Or money doesn't grow on cheese, or you have to work really hard for money, or we don't make money, other people make money. What did I inherit that whether I knew or not became my mantra, money doesn't grow on trees, and how much did I take that in? So that that's just the baseline, and that's what I kind of highlight in my book. But then as time has morphed on, and I've kind of squashed that memo and started creating my own, even though I started making more money, like 15x the income I was making, I didn't know what to do with it Mm. because I'd never received so much money, nor had I ever been trained on what to do with it. You know, didn't even understand the concept of investing in property. And that's where I lost my first batch of money because I just went to a seminar and put money down, but (laughs) with no wisdom or knowledge. And then poof, the money was gone. So the memo about money, I think is a continuous journey, but we've got to check. And I'm now doing it again. I was even just clenching, as you said, you own multiple businesses (laughs) because all of a sudden I I don't want to own multiple businesses. (laughs) I I actually just want to be, and this is something I'm just morphing into. So the money story changes, I think first with inheritance, then with our own personal growth. And as life changes, I think it changes as well. And I think most of us fear money, either the accumulation or the loss of it. Yeah. And we're just stuck in this conundrum. So related back to the book, obviously Mm. your, your book is uh, your story, but also geared toward helping others with their own memos and stories. Talk me through the journey of that. How, how do you help? How do you help people to kind of see what memos they may have missed and how to be aware of that? The biggest thing I do is ask questions. I think one of my fears in writing a book, becoming an author, a speaker, and a number of other things, was people feeling that I would have the answers for them. And that's what got me stuck, is thinking that somebody else was always going to come and save me. Nice. I think we can look out for people who can do stuff and give us guidance. So what I do is ask those really life-defining questions that either just come innately or because I've heard other leaders speak about it, but I just had a different tone. Because when they think about it, not only are they empowered, they usually come with the answer to the problem that they have. Mm. So in my book, I kind of share my story first because I think most of us are, because I think I'm one of the few who've come out and said, hey, you know that memo you've been following? It turns out, firstly, it doesn't stack up or that it's not actually real. I think in telling my story, I've given people permission to speak without shame. Shame is a big part of my book that I think I needed to just eradicate or have less of. Mm. So I give them permission and then, you know, probe them with questions that they can answer. And then they can ask more questions because asking questions, especially high quality questions, has probably been the biggest part of my freedom. Mm. You know, I've, I've heard and I love the saying that the quality of your life is dependent upon the questions that you ask. So Absolutely. do you have some standard is not a good word, but some regular questions that you ask of yourself mm. and other people? when it comes to them kind of determining what memos may be running? And once again, very little knowledge is new knowledge. So someone else I'm sure would have said this and they're so basic. But one question is, 
why do you do what you do? And, you know, you even mentioned before we came in, we'll look at the whys behind things. Well, why do you do what you do? And is it working out for you? It's funny, I've asked those two questions to a family friend and it was, you know, I just thought it was just, I felt I was just, it's the equivalent of me just saying, hi, how was your morning? Right, right. I asked her and you could see the cogs in her brain going at such a fast pace because either she had never stopped to even ask that question or in asking the question realized that she was doing something on autopilot, but it turns out it was not working out for her. Mm. Those those two questions tend to be big. And I just say, just pause, just just pause and sit with it. And they tend to know whether it is. And honestly, when I've asked that question, eight out of 10 times, they haven't figured out the why, because that's usually quite deep, but they figured out pretty quickly, it's not working out for them. Right. And then the question continues, okay, why do you think that happened? And, you know, so on and so forth. I would assume you may get some negative responses now and again asking that question. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> do do do, uh, do you see people get angry? Even though you, I'm sure you ask it with kindness and mm. with love, but the whole, you know, and how's that working out for you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, Rob, I think one of my superpowers is what's the way I say it? I know how to give a a swift kick and love and a hug at the same time. So I have this this skill of putting it together. And <laughs> and to be fair, Rob, I don't go telling people or just trying to speak to people that haven't asked. Most of the time, people check in with me, whether they've right. read a story of me going from nothing to making money or they've heard how I've changed careers or, you know, in being an author, changed parts of my life. So most of the time, they come to me to ask the questions and and I usually see that as a sign of, okay, they're, they're open to hearing a different perspective. Right. So, yeah, I haven't had any fly kicks yet from that question, so <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> well, when you when you mentioned that you asked it of a relative, that's immediate. I was like, oh, I don't know if you want to <laughs> yes. ask that of your, fa- your family or friends. <laughs> I know. I had softened her by then, so it was all good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So talk to me about your, your businesses. Are your businesses mm. connected with your book and your mission or not. I mean, I know there's always connection in that it maybe gives you the finances to do what it is you want to do, but is there a direct connection with your mission and your businesses right now, or is it more the businesses are a means to an end and there's no right or wrong? I'm just wondering. Yeah, it's a really good question. I guess this is why I love doing podcasts because I learn more about me. There is definitely a connection to every single one of my businesses. You know, I decided to write the book after I'd opened my second business, which was a gym in London, because I felt like it just needed to be documented what had brought me up to this point. And then the book became the catalyst for what I'm calling my mission, um, which is around the transmuting pain to power and looking at our trauma. So it's definitely been connected. The original reason for writing a book was I had this fear I still do, not as much, that I might leave this earth before my time Mm. and never get to tell my kids my version of the story from my side. Mm. And I just needed to document it in a way that could potentially be in the ethers for whatever eternity is. So that, that probably is the nucleus of why I wrote the book. But absolutely, now it's attached to every single venture I've either opened and closed. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I feel obviously I'm in the book business, so what am I going to say? But I, I feel like um, like it's a shame that there's so much wisdom that's not passed on from one generation to the yes. next because people never document it, they never write it down. Yeah. And uh, mm. I mean, I have a number of 
of my ancestors that I would have just loved to get a few pages even of just what they went through and, you know, coming, you know, my, my family uh, came from Russia, you know, at at the uh, turn of the 19th century, late 1800s, they were persecuted in Russia and, and left and came through uh, New York. And I, I want to know, you know, give me a page, one page of what that was like, two pages Mm. of what that was like. I got nothing. And, um, you know, I mean, I, Mm. I haven't had to do anything that dramatic, but whatever there was that was dramatic, I try to document those things, uh, in the same way that, uh, like, I love what you said. I'm glad you documented that for your kids and for whoever would read it. Um, not the least of which will help people, but you know, I think ancestors that you don't even know will one day get a hold of Mm. you. Wow. How cool. Yes. Wish I could have known her. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, just you talking about that, Oh, rich history you have. Like my brain just goes in, wouldn't it be good if we could just give everyone like a template? Like we just need you to write, what do you know now that you wish? Like just give a template for people to just share in their lifetime. And if they yeah. could do it at certain increments, because we never know when we're going to go. Honestly, Rob, I think we would solve most of the world problems. It's yeah. it's a real, it's a double-edged sword where people don't want to talk about their business, but then I then think we share your business so that we can, you know, not repeat the same mistakes or know why something happened in a place so we can continue in your honor. Yeah. I mean, damn, I, I want to know more about that story. Yeah. Mm. Isn't, isn't it amazing? I mean, this world has existed for so long, but we know so little in one sense right. beyond yeah. beyond like what we have, you know, right in front of our own yes. faces. And, uh, yes. and honestly, even with the way we watch history be rewritten in our own, with our own eyes, we're like, oh my gosh, how much of the history that, that we weren't around for, can we even trust or believe? <laughs> That's like, Correct. you know, exactly. the older you are, you're like, oh my gosh, man. I, you know, it's just, I love reading, especially historical stuff so that it would be more meaningful if I had that from my own family. And so, Again, congratulations for for doing that. I think that's a great motivation. Obviously, it's gone far beyond that, helping others and even helping Mm -hmm. yourself, which I I guess I'd love to kind of transition and and ask you about that. Mm -hmm. You know, you you wrote it for one purpose, uh, as you just explained, but I would also assume that the book has done things for you outside of that purpose. And so I always like to know, like, you know, how are you using your book to get more of what it is you want, whatever that is, to get mm. your message out, speaking, to grow a, a business where you're helping people or not. Yeah. You know, talk to me about how you're using your book or if you are in that way. Yeah. I mean, exactly. And I'm glad you put that last bit. There are parts of me that don't feel I use my book as much as I could with some of the other things I do. And yeah. I'm beginning to learn that. I'm sure you've heard it before, but I was advised when I first wrote my book even though the first intention was just to get it out, is that my book becomes my business card as a speaker. Mm. It becomes the content that everyone can hold on to for conversation, for further digging, for invitations to stages. When I did my book launch, because I like 
talking. And, you know, I tend to convince myself, well, I'm not a writer because I'm an engineer. So my book is like this thing because I'm like less words and more formulas. But I just have to focus on the content and getting it out. But when I did my book launch, I remember a publisher, a publishing rep was there and I was signing and she said, you're going to need to get a lot faster at signing because people are going to want to know more about your story and you need to keep building these assets. And I was like, what assets? What? And I just <laughs> figured out what she meant. And she said, basically, this book is one of your first assets. You need to start building other stuff. And from that, I built an online course because people read it and they typically want to know more. Right. Well, how can I do this? How can I do that? So without not wanting to tell people, I decided to create a manual, as I call it, which is just like a create your own memo online course. And then from that, I would have webinars from my book, which was just genius. Every single one of my chapters equates into a speaking topic. Mm. So it was like in writing Perfect. the book, I had somewhat created so many other revenues. It's just that I hadn't put it together for quite a few years. So that's what I put to a speaking agent. I was able to get a speaking agent a couple of years ago. And so I'm, you know, I get booked for speaking. And then also actually writing that book helped me to, you know, get a place for a PhD at a university here in, in Australia. So once again, things I didn't plan, but have worked out. And the book is like the gift that keeps on giving. I love it. Because every now and again, someone quotes me on Instagram and I'm like, say what, 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 where did you get that from? Like I wrote that. Yeah. Multi-purposes. Boy, you said something I've never heard before, and I'm intrigued by it. Mm. I love using it for speaking. I would maybe challenge you a little, you know, your book is your best asset and mm. use it in everything. I mean, you know, our clients, we cold email it, cold mail it to people. Uh, in fact, over the next four weeks, I am mailing a thousand copies of my book, which is no small sum to do that. No, but I'm mailing yeah. a thousand copies to CEOs of companies between 20 million and 100 million with a sales letter and then a, a, a personal URL no. where they will they will um, be able to get in touch directly with me because that's what I do. We ghostwrite, we do book publishing, but but that is part of our campaign is putting my Wall Street Journal best-selling book in in their hands. So I'm not suggesting you need to do that, but you know, any ways that, that you can use it, oh, it's going mm. to blow your message up, getting it in mm. people's hands. But you just said something that's really cool. You said about it helping you to land your place in your, your PhD studies. Could you yeah. talk to me about that? I, I hadn't heard that from anybody before. I had always believed that it could help in that way, but I've never seen anyone use it that way. Oh, it has. And, and it's, it's not going to be as profound as you probably think it is. But when my, so I wanted to do a PhD and I, I really, I didn't want to study again. That was the first thing <laughs> I'd managed to convince myself. I just didn't want to do it. And I think that's because of, I don't know, the stigma I attached to it. And then four years. But when I had the topic and I finally found a supervisor, I just told her my story. Once again, that's related to the book. I just told her my story. I didn't overthink it. I didn't try to over academize it or make, you know, it was that. Then she got somebody else and she seemed to be impressed. And then she got someone else who was going to officially be my supervisor. And she said, do you have any experience? Have you done like major research? Have you done this? And I hadn't, you know, I had a master's, but I didn't really classify that. That was just trying to get through it. And then she said, have you written a book? And I said, yes. And she said, is it published or self-published? And I was, this is where I thought, okay, this is where it's going to fall down. I said, no, self-published. She says, okay, it doesn't matter. What was your process for writing it? What level of internal research did you do? What external research? Didn't need to be fiction. And just that alone 
she kind of highlighted me a skill I didn't know I had had mm. in writing a book. It was research of some sort. And when you go back into academics, I've completely underestimated how much they appreciate research. Mm. It's the reason for the peer reviewed, even the world we live in today. Every time someone had a question on, on what was going on in the world, it was, has it been peer reviewed? Now, I have some questions. I think there's some limitations. But um, that was really huge to them saying, okay, yep, we can go and prove to the board that you are ready to do a PhD. And I've managed to convince them to let me do it half book and half documentary. So I'm winning. I don't have to How write too cool. many words. Congratulations. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I love it. Yeah. My son, when getting into college, we talked about he wanted to, to get in uh, for physics and math in a, a pretty prestigious Brilliant. university. And he it was more like me than his mom and, you know, just blew off uh, the first couple of years of high school. And uh, so he didn't have great grades. But I, I said, you know, I bet if we did a book, I bet it would help you to land it. Now, he ended up landing it anyway, and we never did the book. But I always thought that a book could help with that. So here we go. I mean, that, you know, you are wow. proof positive that uh, that it could work that Absolutely. way. I love it. I Absolutely. Love it. Great. So, you know, talk to me about the, I guess, sum all of this up for those that are listening. Like, you know, we know mm. we have these internal programs running. We know we have memos that we maybe are latched onto, others that we've never gotten. You know, what are the first steps What's the process that somebody needs to take to, you know, just begin kind of thinking, is there part of my life that maybe I'm missing out on or do we, does that even matter? You know, like where, where does somebody begin with that? And your book is a great place and we'll give them links to that. But, but even before that, where would they begin? When I get asked questions, I tend to get what I get downloads and I quickly try to sift it while the person comes towards the end of the question. And this is exactly what went through my head, the dialogue. The first thing was feelings. How do they feel? And then the other part of my head said, no one wants to talk about feelings, Yemi. And then something <laughs> said, no, we really need to talk about feelings because that's what's going to evoke people asking themselves those high quality questions right. and taking action. So you know, and you might need to guide me because my brain went all so over like the how place. Feel, how they feel about their life, how they feel about the Correct. relationships, how they feel Correct. about their job. Like if there's a if there's a lack of satisfaction, then then yes. something is wrong. Absolutely. And some people say some people don't want to just do that general stuff. And if that's the case and you don't want to ask those questions, just notice how you're feeling full stop. If you wake up one day, you're feeling sad, frustrated, just sit with the feeling, sit with the discomfort. You know, you hear, you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable and figure out what it is. Like, you know, if you don't want to go through every single dial of life, no problem. Just focus on your feeling and it will lead you. You know, Sunday, kind of like 7 p.m., I start to feel churns in my stomach mm. because Monday's coming. But I remember only feeling that when I was working in the typical nine to five, I don't work in that field anymore. So I'm thinking, what is the issue? Right. And the issue is that the weekend of true freedom is about to leave me. So I think I still have to go change how I show up in the week because I have this really awful pit in my stomach. And that's why I say, just follow the feeling mm. and it will take you to what probably needs to change. Mm. That's good. Good stuff. I love it. That's a great mm. way to end. Where are some links where people can get your book, learn more about you, connect with you, perhaps for speaking or something like that? Absolutely. So all my stuff is on my website, which is yemipen.com, last name P-E-N-N. -N. 
um, my most true self, like where I kind of just spurt what I'm feeling is also on Instagram, which is yemi.pen. So that's where you will, you will find the realest yemi with the jokes and the thought provoking stuff as well. Um, Love it. Yemi, thank you. Thanks for, uh, for sharing today. Thanks for, uh, giving your best stuff. I enjoyed it. Thanks for opening my eyes to using a book to get your PhD placement. So I love it. I love to hear something Wonderful. new. So thank you. Thanks thank for you being so with much, us Ray. today. Hey, thanks for listening in on the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. If you enjoyed it, please take a minute and like and subscribe to the podcast because every week I bring you either great guests or great teaching to help you to grow your income and your impact with a best-selling book. And if you're interested in having your own best-selling book, check out my short video which explains our trademark process at beginmybook.com.